Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU which is buonline.co.uk and you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally, their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is 
built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Hi, everyone. So we are on the road for a couple more days before we are settled in the UK for a little while. So I'm currently recording this on my phone again. So hopefully the audio is fine. Uh, The podcast episode, the interview itself is is recorded on the mic. Um, So it's just the intro. So today's guest is one of my colleagues, Joe Lincoln. Joe is a certified holistic wellness coach for endometriosis, and she's also a womb hair and massage practitioner. And I really recommend that you have a session with her. We just had a session online with her in my membership, and I actually taught myself and my members how to practice the massage at home. And it was amazing. It felt like I was having a massage by a therapist. It was incredible. As an endometriosis wellness specialist and educator, Joe provides natural endo support and education to help endo sufferers find wellness again and to manage their endo symptoms. Joe has endometriosis herself, and because she didn't find the support and resources and help she needed when she was diagnosed, she set out to support herself naturally. And this has led her, led her to where she is today, where she is able to help people with a holistic approach. So in this episode, Joe and I are actually talking about health coaching, which is so interesting being a health coach that I've never actually had that as a topic of conversation on the podcast. So it's so surprising that the podcast has been going for five years and I've not talked about it. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation as we're talking about health coaching specifically for endometriosis and chronic conditions and the research behind that. So in today's episode, we're going to go through how coaching can support someone with endo or chronic illness and the research and evidence behind it, 
how having the coach compares to working with an endo specialist or a doctor and why building a health team with all three on board and working collaboratively is so important. We're also going to be talking about what kind of areas a coach can support someone with and what is outside of our scope of practice, how coaching can help someone who is struggling with making changes for endo and how to know if coaching is the right choice and could be helpful for you and when maybe it's not the right choice. So I hope you find this episode helpful. Um, I found it so interesting and actually really inspiring and uplifting. I will say that we did this interview after I had about five hours sleep for three days in a row. Um, I can't even remember what happened. I think there were some storms, multiple things. Um, And I was also about to get my period. I was like a day or two away from getting my period. So I feel like I brought, um, I don't know, I felt like I was negative and more, I had more critical thinking in this episode. So um, I just want to give a disclaimer there because I was saying to Joe, I was like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so tired and I feel like I've just been a negative Nelly in this episode. So disclaimer, I was tired and premenstrual. Anyway, with that aside, let's get to the episode. So welcome so much, Joe. It's absolutely lovely to have you and thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Jessica. I'm so thrilled to be here. So for anyone who isn't familiar with your work, could you just introduce yourself before we kind of dive into the meat of today's topic? Sure. So um, I am also an endometriosis wellness coach. Um, I work holistically with clients so that we can support their wellness with endo and also support them so that they can manage their symptoms and, and um, yeah, to, to work on their wellness as much as possible so that they're living and thriving with endo. And um, obviously you have endometriosis yourself and you've been, I'm assuming that's kind of what led you into this line of work. Yeah, it is. So they often say for coaches that your your wound is your your niche. Mm. (laughs) So that's very much the case. Yeah, and I think when I was, I mean, when I was diagnosed with endo, there really was nothing. There was nothing around on it. Um, I mean, this is probably, just to give you a bit of context, five years after the internet. (laughs) So it was, yeah, it was really sparse. There was probably one book and most of the information I could get for supporting my health with endo was through naturopaths, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's been a really long journey and um, just the feeling of being so alone in those early days and... Um, not knowing what to do. I was very much driven as a younger person to find holistic, um, like holistic outcomes or remedies for myself because I didn't want to keep going back and having surgeries as the, as, the, as the surgeon sort of said to me, oh, you know, we'll see you in a couple of years. Um Oh, and by the way, we took a third of your ovary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't fathom that. Um, so, yeah, it's really been a journey. And as I was educated as a teacher and then worked into coaching for a number of years, and I think it's just always been at the back of my mind 
I really want to I want to work in this area. I want to help women and people with endo um, and give them the support that they need, which is what, you know, I, I didn't have as a younger person. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've never actually talked about specifically coaching on the podcast, which is very strange um given that I am a a health coach obviously we we kind of talk about topics within endometriosis um but I think that there is a lot of confusion sometimes about what coaching is um Mm. how it differs from like a nutritionist or a dietitian and what our roles can be and I think also I think it's dying out but um some people have this idea that coaches are like money grabbers who are just, mm. you know, aren't really trained. They don't really know what they're talking about. And they're just making like millions, which is like, no, business <laughs> business coaches are making the millions, guys. Like, trust me, there are easier ways to make <laughs> money in this life and to make good money like neither of us are in that position so we are in this because we care there is no other way there is literally no other way around that like that this is not a I I can't really say it delicately but you know I could make money in so many more easy ways I think I've just said that grammatically incorrect but um yeah it's absolutely you know it's just it's not an easy career path at all so let's talk about what a coach is like let's bust bust some of those myths um Mm. could you kind of give us an overview of what coaching is what a general coaching kind of journey might look like Mm, sure yeah so I totally agree with what you've just said as well it's um and I'm I'm hoping that 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 dies out that that myth that coaches are out there grabbing money and giving people information. I don't know who um, spread that. uh, I feel like it's doctors or something, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know. But but that'll be interesting as we talk onwards because I really feel like coaching is about to really come into play with the healthcare system now. I think we're on the cusp of it. Yeah. And I think it's and and it's exciting. But I think you can't ignore the the um the outcomes that come out of coaching and mm-hmm. and that this is not just in health but this is it's already being seen in business and yeah. you know life a, coaching across the board, rela- yeah relationship coaching all sorts of different things so mm-hmm. different areas of life so we're really seeing it come in come into its own I think and seeing it as a broader kind of part of a broader um uh, connection with other healthcare providers as well so it is exciting but coaches don't follow that typical expert model that's so common in healthcare um so instead of issuing a diagnosis um what a coach does is that they work with you closely um helping you to understand your current condition so that's part of it there's education there they help you flesh out exactly what you want to get out of the coaching interaction um so it's really client-based yeah very much so and coaches are also skilled in asking powerful questions that's really part of what being a good coach is about 
asking you the powerful questions to help you gain insights into how you, you as the client can achieve the change that you want and assist in the creation of goals for yourself that are doable, you know, that you can actually achieve. Um, and the other thing that coaches do that is so important is they hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And I just find with so many of my clients, this is one of the number one things that they want. They want that touch point. They want that person to come back to things, you know, not just, okay, we've talked about that and now we're moving on, you know. They yeah. want to come back. Sometimes they want to come back and back and back to that topic, you know. It can be so many times and that's fine because they are leading the um they are leading the the session really in that regard so it is certainly about their journey um and I you know as a coach we partner with them um and we partner with them and we support them to identify their goals and achieve their goals yeah so it's really a beautiful (laughs) it's a beautiful relationship really um I guess I sort of see myself as someone who comes alongside and step by step helping the the client to figure out what those step by steps are going to be mm-hmm. and and support them to reach those goals and you know part of it is helping them understand who they are mm. really helping them to understand where their strengths are um, and encouraging them in those strengths I think that's really important because um, that gives them the confidence to go, I can do this, yes, and here's how I'm going to do it, you know. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really wonderful model. I think, I guess, with endo a lot of the time, you, you get the diagnosis and maybe you get a prescription for something and then you're kind of left to mm. live with it and people are kind of stuck oh. thinking, well, well, how do I live with it? Um, yeah. And I think that's where coaching steps in we're looking at how do you live with it and how do you live with it well and how do you Mm. live with it with the most with the little with the with the least impact on your life yeah exactly exactly and you know coaching is it's very positive in its psychology you know it's it's harnessing the strengths and the values of your client and their character but it, it is also working with other caregivers as well and healthcare practitioners. So it's very collaborative model. And so I think it works really well for endo in that way because endo is a multifaceted disease. Mm-hmm. And so when we have this collaborative model of care um, that's opposed, well, it's a bit of a paradigm shift from a directive model of care to a collaborative model of care. So we're, you know, what we're really pursuing um, is an active partnership with their GP or, and with the acupuncturist or the TCM practitioner, you know, with the pelvic floor physiotherapist or, you know, number of different caregivers for that client, you know. So there's referral is a big part of coaching as well. Absolutely. And, and do you find that the healthcare practitioners that you're, you want to collaborate with, um, not necessarily from a referral point of view, because I think people are always happy to receive referrals, but yeah. from like, you know, trying to work with like a, doc, a GP or a gastroenterologist, do you find that there's compliance there or do you 
do you come up against resistance? I'm just interested to hear what it's like for you in Australia. Yeah. yeah, look, I think it's still, we're still um, got a bit of ground to cover there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to, to feel like I'm making some headway with certain practitioners um, and that's really exciting. They're starting to see the need um, for, because they understand they don't have the time. Yeah, this is yeah. one of the key things. They just don't have the time and they don't want to see that client coming back in three months saying, I feel exactly the same. In fact, I feel worse or mm-hmm. nothing's changed, you know, because that's really defeating for them as well. Um, you know, so if they're, a, if they're a, a practitioner who really cares, I think it really it really pains them um, and they, they see they see the value in coaching and in the time that a coach can impart and the complexity unraveling that can happen with coaching as well because they have the time. Yeah. Um, and they have the time to listen. It's just the way that coaching is structured and um, in that it just it works so well for that client to feel held and listened to and supported What's your um I don't I don't actually know. What's your medical system in Australia? Is it because obviously we have the NHS in the UK and I think mm. that that makes the whole coaching doctor relationship much more tense because the NHS are very much based mm. on um a conventional medicine model and mm. um not very into what we do and we'll, basically mm. it has to be like approved you know essentially kind of legally sure. approved right so mm-hmm. you're going to take us through some of the evidence and research behind coaching in a bit but um i think the stat is it takes that this is real guys i'm not making this up there is literally a research paper i think it's is it 17 years it takes 17 years for data to like oh, yeah. new research to be implemented in medicine and actually understood and kind of absorbed, so to speak, by mm-hmm. medicine. So even though we've got this research on coaching and outcomes, it's going to take like 17 yeah. years for the <laughs> NHS to pay attention to it. So yes. um, there can be quite a lot of resistance from GPs, especially from a SIBO perspective, like a, a, mm. in the, uh, the NHS here, um, the they are quite behind with SIBO at the moment. So they're using quite an outdated model for um, diagnosis and also treatment. So there is actually one scientist who's massively trying to campaign for an updated model for SIBO. But until that kind of happens, I will have GPs kind of tell my clients that, oh no, you know, one round of Rifaxman should have cleared it. If you haven't cleared it, I'm not retesting you. You don't have SIBO. And I'm just like, Jesus mm. Christ. And they're like, you know, your, mm. your coach is crazy. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm tra- I've trained with a world leading doctor on SIBO. Thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, you know, it's really difficult because we are kind of in this world where doctors are kind of seen as the, they're gods, right? I don't think, yeah. especially now, like they're, they're kind of popular right they're like they're Mm -hmm. celebrities now like they're held up as the highest of the high on Instagram so if you if your 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 client might come back and oh well my doctor has said this um Mm -hmm. 
or people get quite angry. You know, I've seen this on Instagram. Thankfully, it's never happened to me. But like a health coach or a nutritionist or a dietitian has said something about endo of like, look, you can manage it with X, Y, Z. And someone was saying, not at all. Like my GP has said that I'm going to suffer like this for the rest of my life. And that's how it is. And it's like, wow, mm. like, you know, people take what doctors say as gospel um, and it's not always yeah. accurate. So no. it can be no. a bit of a battlefield. So I'm, and I, I think that's at least from the UK perspective, it's because of this, the NHS have to do things by like the book, right? By what has been uh-huh. gone through the research. It's been um, peer reviewed, all of these different things. Um, it's kind of based on a prescription model, all of those kind of things. So what's, do you guys have private healthcare? How yeah. does it work? Yeah, so it's similar. We have what's called Medicare here. Mm. Um, so that runs in a similar way to NHS in the UK. And, yeah, it it funnels, it's got same as NHS, it funnels the, you know, the, the person through to the GP and then the GP obviously has their, you know, their approved referrers as well. And um, it's very much shut you on to the next person, shut you on to there. And what I find is that, you know, there's not even referrals. I find it crazy that even after or before um, endosurgery that they're not referred to pelvic floor physiotherapists. <gasps> oh, my gosh, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just like. Which this they is... would have happened for, a, a, you know, a knee surgery. <laughs> it's insane. It yeah, yeah, I find that crazy. So, there, I mean. There is sort of just, I think there's two things at play here. There's there's lack of knowledge about endometriosis and um, co-conditions and there's just the system itself um, mm. that is, you know, catching up as well. And, you know, I think, look, I do think I am positive about it because I do think that chronic illness and chronic disease has a massive, and we know endometriosis has a massive um, um in terms of financial burden for the for the country, yeah, you know, it's we're going to start seeing changes because of that. You know? mm-hmm. So, and we already are in Australia. We are. We just had a big pledge of tax money for endometriosis in particular. Wow! But it's yeah, it's it's exciting. But how that gets used is another is another issue. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we will see. But at least it's out there more in society and in our culture now so that yeah it's 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 difficult I mean I find that most of the women that come and people that come to see me with endo are fed up um Mm. you know they have they've either yeah they've they've either had a surgery and don't want to just keep repeating that process or they are really wanting actual results for reducing their pain and and their symptoms so I think that they're aware that it's not working for them the system's not working for them um so yeah it is look I I do find that like we've got some um, wonderful um clinics that are popping up now Mm. um actually there's a one called Sydney endometriosis and they're looking at endometriosis from a very multimodal approach and that's exciting yeah so it's really exciting to see that it is 
there is this awareness. But, um, yeah, it might just take a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. The, yeah. And with our medical system, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had a handful of doctors who are on board. There was one particular oh, yeah. GP. I mean, he got a bit burnt out, so we haven't um, spoken for a while. Um, but he he actually ended up doing – he's a GP, but then he did um, – what's it called the functional medicine training like IFM is it the the main one you know the one I mean yes yeah Yeah. so he's done that and so he was really on board and he was like calling me and stuff like that we would have conversations about Mm. clients and stuff so that was great um but it's it's few and but far between at the moment um but hopefully in the future it it becomes more like that so certainly I know that, um, I mean, there's quite a, I I don't know about you, but I have quite a web, a networking web with other practitioners like pelvic floor physios and um, uh, pain management um, or pain pain practitioners and and nutritionists and all those. At at that level I have quite a lot of um, connection and, and we share a lot of information amongst each other you know, osteos and, yeah, yeah, so there is definitely really good connection and support there. Um, and, and look, there's a, you know, even with surgeons as well, I find um, there is good support. Um, in terms of, like, they, they, don't, they don't poo-poo the, <laughs> the coaching. They're like, that's great if you've got mm. someone who can you keep you accountable and support you with lifestyle and diet and things like that, I think, yeah. But having referrals from them, that's another issue. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Still, still growing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how let's talk about how can like coaching actually support someone with endo or you know, the the myriad of chronic illnesses it comes with. Mm. Um, how can it help? And is there kind of any research behind that to kind mm. of back up what what we claim? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that it definitely can support someone with endo. In fact, and and the research tells us this too, because there is quite a, quite a lot of research out there. Actually, coaching um, is very effective, in particular with chronic illness, mm. um, because chronic illness is exactly that. It's chronic. It's ongoing. Um, it's not something you can sort of prescribe, take a drug or, you know, do this bit of rehab and then it's over and done with and it's healed, you know. It needs ongoing support. It can affect many areas of a person's life. Um, and they found that, you know, having that that coach come alongside and support them from in all aspects of their life, you know, we don't just come in and talk about health it's you know how does your health impact your job how does your health impact your relationship how does you know how does your endo impact your social your social life um and so it's it's how we support them and work with them in all areas of their life um but yeah chronic illness particularly because there's this and I mentioned it before there's this complexity unraveling Um, especially with something like endometriosis. Um, As I mentioned before, it's a multifaceted disease 
and you re- it really needs attention to detail. I don't know if you find this, Jessica, I think you would, but just I have to listen so carefully sometimes oh and ask gosh, lots yeah. of questions and it's amazing what you can, <laughs> once you've taken the time to really hone in, it's you can really support them so much better mm-hmm. because things will come up, you know, co-conditions, as you know, um, and comorbidity and, you know, we've got co-conditions like adenomyosis and interstitial cystitis and SIBO and histamine intolerance or MCAS you were talking about before and EDS and, you know, there's there's other conditions as well. And knowing its interplay with endometriosis but also where one stops and the other one begins as well is also important and, you know, how you can support and in all of those complexities and understand those complexities and help them to understand the complexities as well because I think living with a chronic illness is a bit of a burden. It is a burden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's a a heavy burden to carry sometimes um, because it's not just one area of our life that it impacts. It's pretty much all areas of our life and it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's yeah the 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 research that they found for um, how effective coaching is for chronic illnesses is, is really interesting. In fact, even the World Health Organization have stated that simply giving information to patients is unlikely to change behaviour. So healthcare providers must understand the psychological principles that underlie self-management training and comprehend that motivating patients requires more than imparting brief information to the to the patient. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, yeah, it, it's so true. You, you can't just give them that little bit of info and off you go and expect that the patient is, able to implement that in their life without them feeling heard and understood and giving them the tools that they need as well. Um, And, yeah, other research, I mean, the Australian Journal of General Practice, they have written, um, they've got a wonderful article on um, um, chronic illness and coaching and um, what they found is that, I mean, it's a global challenge in that the primary care of chronic disease management is actually undergoing. It's a real challenge. Like they're they're actually not sure what to do with people with chronic illness um, like endo. And they are saying, this this is the wording that they're using, and I'm finding it really interesting. Health and wellness coaches are ideally placed to, to become part of the solution in a collaborative patient-centred model delivering behaviour change programs. Um, so it's really interesting we're seeing this quite strong wording. And the Journal of Medicine also says that health coaching for chronic conditions um, has been increasingly recognised as an indispensable complement to education-based initiatives for chronic condition patients' health improvement. So we're really seeing quite <laughs> um, really strong wording that's very positive towards coaching for chronic illness. Mm. Um, 
Sorry. Yeah, it's it's definitely, and I could go on. There's there's lots of other research out there. There are just a few that I've plucked out. But um, yeah, it's very effective, and um, I think it's also where it's easy to um to monitor it too because they actually when they're doing the studies they can see the change that's actually taking place. Yeah. Um. So yeah. The results are really, really positive. I think maybe what we could do is put some of those um, studies and stuff into the show notes. Mm, and then, definitely. You know, people can have a look at those as well. Um, mm. But, yeah, we <laughs> it's not fluff. <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing real work here. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to the link in my show notes. think the other thing um why coaching is also supportive for chronic illness is that coaching also has the opportunity to create community um around that client um by building a care helping them build a care team but also you know bringing in their partner or friend as part of the session can also happen I mean group coaching is wonderful um, I run meetups um, on a reasonably regular basis here and the, the people that come along to that are just so thrilled and all connect up with each other as well. So you've got this element of coaching, I think, this sort of the, the, the flow-on effect, I guess you would say. Um, and, you know, online forums that are run by a coach as well. So there's, there's more of a community building aspect to coaching as well I think yeah and I think that um you there's nowhere unless you go to a therapist but that is is different right from a perspective of endo Mm. yeah there is nowhere in life where you can it's not selfishly but I'm going to just use that for lack of a better word where you can selfishly just talk about yourself (laughs) And your yeah. endo challenges for an entire hour without sure. feeling like, well, at the end of this, I need to make sure that I give my friend also an hour's airtime, right? Like <laughs> this place, there really is, there's nothing, there is nowhere in in life for that opportunity where someone is going to sit and just solely focus on your health needs and your, mm-hmm. yeah, your, your needs around your conditions. Um, and I think that's why chronic illness is so challenging because it is with you every day. Whereas, Mm. you know, the medical model we have at the moment is, is better equipped dealing with acute illness that comes and Mm. goes, right. It's treated and it goes away. Um, and that's fine because it might be depending on what the illness is, it, it might be a trauma in that time, um, and once you're over that trauma, you might get some 
work for the physical trauma of it, right? You might get some sort of physiotherapy or something. You might need some mental health support. Um, But when you have a chronic illness, you're exposed to that trauma on a daily basis. Um, Mm. And often it can be difficult to feel like, well, you know, to talk about that all the time with the people around you, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah. having that person who's dedicated to that um, is, I think, is is really important. And, and I think that's what my clients feed back, like, you know, mm, that having that space. So, yeah. um, yeah. so, I mean, you've alluded to this and I've already alluded to it, but I wonder if you could take us through, like, how does having a coach like compare to working with an endo specialist or a doctor um kind of i don't know if there's like a sort of a, a checklist or like yeah like a very practical comparison so people can get a feel of like okay so this is what happens in a doctor's surgery but this is what happens in a coaching session does that make sense yeah no it does i mean i guess you could look at it from a clinical approach to a coaching approach in in primary care. Um, so a traditional in a traditional approach, the practitioner is the health expert. Um, so this is a clinical approach that I'm talking about. Whereas with a coaching approach, the patient is respected as the expert in their own life. Um, and then from a clinical approach, you've got the practitioner providing advice and solutions. Whereas with from a coaching approach, the practitioner offers information on the basis of what the patient identifies as what's needed. Um, so you see it's very client-based, very client-focused. With a traditional clinical approach, we've got the practitioner that decides the health priority, whereas with coaching you have the patient choosing the health goals, the strategies, the targets. Um, And with a clinical approach, the practitioner's focus is on why the patient has not made the required changes. Whereas from a coaching approach, you know, the coach looks for positives and affirms the client. So it's very, it's very, um, it uses a lot of positive psychology when we we coach. It's always looking for the positives. I mean, I know you do this, um, Jets, and I do this too, um, is that, we both look for wins um, mm-hmm. with our clients. You know, that's it's a really, and it's so beautiful because with the clients that I've been seeing for a number of sessions, you know, you might get to session five and they'll come in and they I've got a win, I've got a win, you know, so they're, they're already focusing on the positives um, of where they're getting to, you know, whereas I think it can be very defeating being sometimes in that, within that clinical approach. Um, And then also with the traditional clinical approach, there's this assumption that the client is ready to change, Um, whereas with a coaching approach, the practitioner or the coach identifies the client's readiness. And if they're not ready, you know, they offer strategies to increase their confidence. Um, So... Yeah, it's quite, it's very different. I mean, there's a lot I could say under here, (laughs) really, because they are just two very different models. Um, You know, for one, there's just time. 
you know, I think I was reading something the other day and it said the average amount of time you spend in front of your GP practitioner is between 10 and 12 minutes. And I just, how can anything come from that that's beneficial really? Yeah. If something does come from that, it's very minimal. But mm-hmm. I can't I can't see how, I really can't see how good quality care comes from 10 to 12 minutes. No. And, I mean, you could just think about all the holes that could come out of, from, from that sort of, um, from that model really. Yeah. Um, so time is really important and, it, you know, allowing your client to speak, just to talk, to listen, it gives you time to ask questions gives them time to reflect. They may not have ever reflected on their condition before, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and it gives them time to revisit things, gives them time to review things, it gives them time to build trust with you. And and that's important because, you know, you might be suffering from a number of different things but you don't really want to open up to to your practitioner about that because you feel intimidated or... You feel like you just don't know them well enough. So the coaching um, relationship allows that trust to build as well. Yeah. Um, it's very, you know, it has that sort of relationship base. Um, and as I said before, you know, there's the, the understanding that it will impact different spheres of their life, you know. So you can talk to them about not only how it's physically impacting them but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, at work, at home in their intimate relationship, in their social activities, you know, in all spheres of their life. So they've got that opportunity to talk about that. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it it gives that space. And, again, as a good coach, you want to really listen in and listen in to what's where the the roadblocks really are for that person and um, where healing might be. Or, or management might be, um, um, a, a, you know, there might be a roadblock to, to that management of pain or um, a healing for them. So, yeah, it's. I think it's just so vital to have time. <laughs> and I think the other thing I would really, well, there's a few things that, that I'd like to say <laughs> on why it's, it's, <laughs> The comparison, I mean, I'm not, this is not, I understand what a GP does and and the importance of it, Um, but I think it's really important to give control back to the person with endometriosis and I don't think the medical process, I think the medical process takes the control away Mm. from the person with their own body it takes the control away of them being able to look after themselves and places it in the hands of the doctors and I think you know a big part of what I do is and talking with my clients is saying you know we're working through a toolkit that you can you that you're learning about that you're going to take away (laughs) so that you can manage your condition you know um and and that's the other thing. Endo is so different for every sufferer. It is, you know, yeah. So different in how it affects each of them. There's no sort of um, 
cookie cutter kind of stencil you can place over it and go, right, you just need to do this, this and this and take this, this and this. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, to, to be clear to everyone listening, like this is not the fault of the the doctors. This is a fault of the medical system. And it no. does it does serve us all well in many, many ways. But I think most of us know as endometriosis patients that there is room for growth <laughs> within yeah. endometriosis in, in healthcare. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to make it clear that we're, mm. you know, we're, we're trying to, there are some doctors who don't like what we do. There are some doctors who like what we do. There are some, you know, there are, there are some doctors who are dismissive or rude, but I'm sure there are coaches who are dismissive and rude who probably shouldn't be coaches, right? Mm-hmm. They're, you yeah, know, it's for sure. Yeah. Um, so we're just kind of showing where coaching can fill in a gap. Um, because there is at the moment, there's there's a there's a hole, you know, people are falling through the gap with endometriosis. Um, mm. there's not there's not much of a safety net. Um, and I think also, you know, to be clear, we're not saying it's about coaching or having a doctor. It's not one or the other. This is actually, it's going back to what you were saying in the beginning. It's that collaborative model. That's, I mean, that's the ideal scenario, but even if you can't get that collaboration, it's about a network, right? I, you know, ideally you would have a physiotherapist, you know, ideally you'd have a coach, ideally you'd have a a good GP and a, a good surgeon that it's kind of like, endo is a um multifaceted disease and so therefore the approach needs to be multidisciplinary right yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent and look there are some amazing gps out there Mm. amazing yeah and i know they feel they feel the pain of what they're able to do yeah within the system yeah and i think an essential part of what we're looking forward to in the future is being able to work alongside each other, um, you know, and being part of helping implement, you know, what the doctor might be recommending at some, you know, in some way, shape or form, you know. I know a, a number of GPs who want that support with diet and lifestyle, mm. um, you know, but they don't have the time and it's not really within their it's not within their their, scope. their line of work to do yeah. that either. Yeah, it's not their scope. So having the coach, and it very much is in the scope of a coach to do that too. So yeah. it makes a lot of sense that we partner together as practitioners and in that collaborative approach, especially around conditions like endometriosis. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> mm. I'm looking forward to the time where it, where it, you know, the, where everyone, where, where the medical system starts to see, oh, we can, we can really help our clients firstly and each other in this way in supporting the best health outcome for our client. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's going to change the healthcare system is going to look you know 50 years from now it's going to look vastly different um so how could a coach help someone who is like 
struggling with endo in terms of making changes. So maybe they've got their diagnosis, perhaps they've had it for years, perhaps they're newly diagnosed and they're just like, I don't know where to start or they're feeling, you know, angry that they've got to make change or um, they keep trying to make changes and then they find that they get burnt out by making these changes. You know, how could a coach help someone who is going through that kind of difficulty with with change Mm, yeah a coach supporting someone with endo um it I just want to sort of say before I start talking about all the ways that we could help is that if you're working with a certified wellness coach um I know Jessica for example you've got your certifications and you've got your specializations so Mm. there's areas that we can really work into I mean um for example, with my program, I, I work with nutrition, um, liver support, gut support, low-tox living, stress support, lifestyle support, blood sugar level support, you know, yeah. co-condition support, supplementation. Like there's all these elements um, that you can work with with your client. But it's that really it's that coming down to the as a coach coming down to the level of how can I make those changes um, with Enjo so that I've got, um, I've, I'm starting to see some, some change and some, some increased wellness. And, um, you know, I think it, often it starts with a bit of education as well. A lot of the people that come to see me haven't really got much of an idea about um, what endometriosis is in its from its sort of at its very sort of foundational level Mm -hmm. and I find that they really appreciate learning about that um and and once they learn that and look some come to me and they they know everything (laughs) (laughs) because they've been trying to research things and and figure things out on their own I mean you know there's a, there's a lot we don't know and we've had to do a lot of research ourselves. But um, when, I find that when people understand the condition more, they then understand how they can help themselves and why the things that we're working on um, are really important. Yeah. For example, low t- low-tox living. Um, it's not We're not just doing this for fun. <laughs> we're actually mm-hmm. looking at this is vitally important to stop the spread of endometriosis um, and the condition. So... Yeah, it's yeah, it's really interesting to see that blossoming within them of once they're really understanding and how it can support them. And um yeah, I I think coaches can really help the um the person with endo to advocate for themselves medically as well. Mm, I think that's yeah. one thing. I really I, I see is vitally important giving them some it might just be you know sometimes it's details you know helping them understand terminology um helping them to know what to say um you know sometimes I've been in a coaching um session and I've had to you know part of that coaching session has been me talking with the client rehearsing what they might say when they go and see the surgeon or when they go and see the GP or, um, you know, questions that they can ask about surgery. 
or, you know, questions about blood tests or, you know, so it's it's partly that as well and, and knowing when they can st- how to stand up for themselves a bit more medically as well. Um, and, yeah, so I'm really passionate about that. Um, and also teaching them how to refer to research as well, you know, and giving them the research so that they can read through it more as well. Um, yeah. But I, I've, yeah, I find that I often help clients through a phase that they might be going through, like it might be that they're about to start, go into the phase of endosurgery, you know, or it mm. might be that they want to come off the pill and they're really, really nervous about that because, you know, before they went on the pill, they had excruciating pain, but they don't want to be on the pill anymore and they know that they don't want to be on the pill. And it's giving them, you know, other complications or whatever. But, you know, so it might be that I support them through that phase or fertility um, or SIBO treatment, you know. It might be supporting them as a coach um, to, you know, where who to seek out, where to go, a touchstone for them, you know, to, to come back to um, for support. So, yeah, I just find that having um, someone there who is helping you to organise things sometimes as well. You know, sometimes I have a client and I have spent 20 minutes with them helping them, and this is what they want, you know, to help helping them to label their supplements and figuring out how they're going to take their supplements. Um, are they going to put it in a basket? Where are they going to keep it so that they remember that? You know, it's small details sometimes that can make such a difference. Um, and I think, you know, breaking things down, the small, the small minutiae of life that, you know, that can bring us wellness um, is important to have encouragement in and, and organisation <laughs> around that as well. So... Although those things might seem trivial or, you know, um, not so important at face value, they actually can be really important. Yeah, and I think that we we don't live in a world that's set up to allow us to take the time that we actually need to look after ourselves. Um, And so having that dedicated space to talk about something that might kind of seem trivial but actually, like, I never take my supplements because I forget it kind of thing. And so it's like, okay, well, what's, you know, looking at what's standing in their way of taking their supplements? Like, is it that they just can't see it? Or, you know, is it a budget thing? Is it this, there's so many kind of, so many different angles. Um, And sometimes it goes back to like self-esteem or that they feel selfish, put given intention to themselves when they feel like they should be given everything to their kids, right? There's so many, there's, there's a yeah. lot actually underneath what might seem like, well, I just don't take my supplements because I forget. <laughs> you kind of dig a little That's bit so deeper. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's, there's something more to it. Um, so you're, you know, you're totally right. It, it might seem like trivial, but actually it's what's going to get, the the end results is taking these tiny steps um mm. and having that space to be able to take those tiny steps because life isn't yeah. set up for us we just kind of like you know 
we think that we're going to do something, but life gets in the way, right? That's always the t- the case. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I wanted to do this yeah. thing, but life got in the way. So it's like, okay, well, we're clear in life for an hour so that you can mm. actually put in the the foundations in place for you to do that, to make that change, yeah. to, to do whatever it is yeah. you need to do to look after yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and that's what I do love about coaching too, is it can be very practical. Yeah. Can be really practical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It can be like finally getting on top of like the nighttime scroll, which is like screwing up the cortisol levels. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's those small tweaks, yeah, that can really make the difference too. Yeah. And so finally, like, you know, not coaching may not be the right option for everyone. It might not be the right time for everyone. Um, So is there a way to work out like who coaching would suit versus who might not be ready yet? Yeah, look, I would, this is a really good question. Um, I think that there is certainly a type of um, person that coaching would suit. And when I say a type of person, I think we can all be at that point. Yeah. But really um, the client's role in coaching is to be open-minded, I would say, you know, re- re- open-minded to looking into um, maybe a different pathway for health. Um, I think to make themselves available and accountable with the coach um, when implementing changes um, that lead them towards their goals, I think that's really important. I, so, you know, coaching is an active reflective process yeah, and it's, it's very built active. on trust yeah very active you know and it's built on trust and um interaction and equal partnership so it's yeah I think if they're ready to explore if they're ready to make some changes if they're ready to learn if they're ready to maybe take some risks um you know that that might feel a little bit scary obviously with the masses of support and encouragement and the readiness to take the risk um and a commitment to persevering and giving it a go um, you know ch- change does take time um and habits you know, new habits take time and so trusting the process and showing up for themselves you know I think it is important um and what is just so magical, I think this is, and I think you, I'm sure you've experienced this too, Jessica, is when both parties show up because, it, I mean, the coach as well has to be massively committed to their clients. And Yeah, oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's a next level of commitment, isn't it? Like you go, yeah, to, you know, yeah. I mean, we should be a bit more boundaries, but you wake up in the middle of the night like, <gasps> okay, I need, you know. <laughs> that thing I you know you just you're thinking about it all all the time I mean thank god I don't want children because they would be coming coming in last (laughs) oh my gosh yes yes and I I think when that level of commitment from both sides occurs it can be really exciting and really inspiring and to see the change that occurs and it will never it will never be trivial what happens in that space yeah um yeah it's it's super amazing to be part of that and I, I think I've talked to you about this a little bit 
before, but it's pretty, it's the feeling that you get as a coach when you see your client making those changes and, oh, it's just, and and to see their results, it's, it's, it's just stunningly beautiful and amazing and mm. exciting and, um, yeah, it's life-changing. There's actually, um, there's this beautiful book called Coactive Coaching. I've got it. (laughs) It's like a really early, like, it's like uh, by one of the founders of coaching, right? I can't remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I didn't actually. There's a a few, I think there's a few authors on the third edition, but um, there's this beautiful um, sentence in it, a couple of sentences, and he says, when coaches bring 100% of their effort and expertise and match the client's commitment with their own, theirs is truly the co-active relationship. And it is this mutual commitment and the designed alliance, I love that word, alliance, between the client and coach that creates the safe and courageous space in which clients can do the important work of their lives. And I just think, yeah, that's it. It really is the important work of of their lives and and it's the important work of our lives as yeah. well you know yeah. it's massive what what occurs in that coaching process and transformational so yeah I think when we both come together into that coaching relationship with that that equal commitment it's just incredible what can occur and what can come out of that yeah absolutely and I think that you know just I don't think anyone could actually fathom really unless they were completely in our shoes, the amount of dedication and work mm. and effort and commitment and um, love really that, mm. that we put yeah. into, into this work. It is a, an absolute labor of love. I don't think that there is a Absolutely. better <laughs> definition no. Absolutely. or you know, a better yeah. uh part like career it's it's not really a career is it it's a it's a a calling so yeah yeah, and a life path and Mm. um and you often will put it above you know everything really Mm -hmm. I mean Mm -hmm. so yeah I think that is probably the difference and I think our clients feel it that they have this really dedicated person who's in their corner no Mm. matter what yeah you know no there's not there's not judgment there there's not like we just want the best for that person yeah that's that's exactly it and you know and I think we want the best for them and we want to be positive Mm -hmm. alongside them as well you know we want to make this we want to see them win you know (laughs) we want to see them get from that point to that point and we want to journey with them over that time um and yeah it's not easy sometimes you know it can get I often think about it as the boat you know (laughs) you're on you get on this they're at point a and they want to get to point b you know so their desired outcome and you know sometimes the seas are a bit rough but yeah you you're in this together and um and you know you grow in that space and in that time as well um and so I often find when I get to the end of I run a nine-session program and we get to the end and it's quite emotional. 
<laughs> because you know you spent a fair amount of time with each other and and you know that's the other thing about coaching is we're often available for emails in between the times when you meet up or yeah and um you know so you've you've really partnered and you've really got to know each other and you're sharing quite an intense you know an intense sort of part of um uh, of their life and and you know it's quite personal and so you get to the end of it and there's been some real growth and there's been you know some really hard times there's been some massive wins and it's just really <laughs> it's there I always get quite emotional at the end um, mm-hmm. and it seems unusual that I won't be talking to them in the next yeah. couple of weeks <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I mean why do you think I have my membership <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah it's that lovely touch point you can kind of yeah Yeah. you're kind of yeah holding their hands from a distance that's right and you know a number of my clients I I they will say oh look is it okay if I book him for another session down the track and I'm like yep you've you've gone through the program you can you can book him for a one-off you know and Mm. we can we can um touch base and you know because it might be they're going through another a phase like they might be not going into a you know they might be looking at fertility or they might be looking at um maybe down the track they might look into a different way of um a modality that they might want to talk about with me before they do that um or it might just be just want to touch base and tell you what's going on or (laughs) And this is how I'm going. Is there anything I can tweak? Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, lovely. Absolutely. Well, Joe, thank you so, so much for being here and taking us through the benefits of coaching and how it can support people with endometriosis. Um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or they just kind of want to, you know, find out more about what you're doing, especially with the meetups as well? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So thanks, Jessica. It's been amazing to be on here. And I'm so I'm so thrilled. Um, I remember listening to this podcast, you know, a number of years ago, and just thinking how wonderful it was what an incredible resource. And so this is a real thrill for me to be on here. So thank you. Um, Yeah, so if um, people want to get in contact with me, um, they can find me on Instagram, Joe Lincoln Wellness. So Lincoln's spelt with an E on the end of Lincoln. Um, and I'm also my website, um, joelincolnwellness.com. Um, or they can email me, but there's all the contact details on my website. So, yeah, that's Perfect. the easiest way to find me. <laughs> I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes so that people can just like click through and, and find yeah. you there. Thank you so much again. And, yeah, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much, Jessica. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, You can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I 
um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world. Music